Welcome to the Raising Pearls podcast, sponsored by Pearls of Purity. We're so glad you came by to hang out with us to discuss important topics on this parenting journey. Welcome back. Today, we're going to take a look at marriage and singleness. Now, you might want to pause for the little ears for this podcast. And you might be wondering, why are we discussing the topic of marriage and singleness with seventh and eighth grade? And it might seem a little premature when marriage is the last thing on their mind. So I want to share why we have this lesson written for the girls. In the next couple of years, the girls will begin to date and have closer relationships. All these decisions will have an influence on their future marriages or possibly singleness. And I am sure that some of you can think of people who were high school sweethearts. Also, I'm sure that there are some girls you can think of that felt like they had to have a boyfriend to feel accepted. Some teams find themselves in bad situations because they date someone to have a date so they don't feel lonely. And this feeling can start off really young. So talking to our girls about God's purpose for relationships is important to do. Statistics show that the average age for marriage is 29 years for men and 26.6 years old for women. Looking at those numbers, there's a pretty good chance that our girls will find themselves single for a season. We don't want our girls to think that it is second best, but rather the plan God has for them at this season of life. If we think of every princess movie our girls watched as a little girl, Prince Charming arrives, sweeps them off their feet, and away they go. We have to be careful to help our girls know that that is called a fairy tale for a reason. Exactly. Now, nothing is wrong with enjoying a romance, but the more we invest ourselves thinking our story will be a fairy tale, the more we set ourselves up for disappointment when we try to place all our fulfillment in our spouse rather than Jesus. It also puts too many expectations on our spouse that he or she can never attain. I heard someone say that reading a story of a perfectly written character and then trying to compare your spouse to that person, that's where we find discontent. That is true of movies, TV shows, celebrities, and social media. Culture tries to give us a lot of ideas for the purpose of marriage. It could be the cure of loneliness, fulfillment of romance, a physical relationship, having children, think it is what is expected, and on and on. Well, God is the creator of marriage when he said that husband and wife would be united as one. So let's turn to the Bible to see what his plan and purpose was for marriage when he created it. The Bible reveals God's purpose for marriage in Ephesians 5, 21 through 32. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as you do for the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies 
He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. When we read the text, we see that the husband and wife relationship is being compared to Christ and the church. Husbands are told to love their wives like Christ loves the church. Wives are told to submit to their husbands like the church submits to the Lord. Marriage was created by God to point others to Christ by displaying what a picture of love for his church looks like. Christ-Centered Parenting is a book written by Russell Moore and Philip Bethencourt. It is a book for parents centered around complex cultural issues that our children face or will face. Within the marriage article, they share three aspects of regarding marriage. God's plan for marriage is permanent because it is intended to last a lifetime. If we think marriage as an illustration of Christ and the church, we can think of how God's love for the church is for a lifetime. Also, we see God's plan for marriage is exclusive in the fact it was intended for one man and one woman. In our relationship with God, we are not to put anything else before God in our lives. And lastly, God's plan for marriage is complementary in the roles as husband and wife play to complement each other. This reflects how we are not self-sufficient, but rely on Christ alone. Unfortunately, we are imperfect people. Our marriages aren't always the perfect picture to reflect the gospel. Our kids are watching our examples of what marriage looks like. We need to do our best to model a healthy relationship. It is important to discuss what unhealthy relationships are so they will be mindful of what they look like and be careful of any red flags they might see. It is important to discuss domestic violence, controlling behaviors, emotional abuse, and cohabitation. They need to know why these are unhealthy and how they can interact with others when these things come up in their lives. Not every marriage displays the gospel. We might get discouraged when we see broken marriages, but we need to understand some of these situations are a result of when sin entered the world. Sin distorted God's plan for marriage. As a result, we no longer would always get along in unity. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul was talking to the Corinthians about marriage. And in verse 7, Paul says, I wish all people were as I am. But each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, another has that. Paul was sharing that he wishes all were single as he was, but he calls both marriage and singleness both a gift. Marriage is a gift from God as equally as singleness is a gift. Now, singleness isn't second best. It isn't reserved for those who didn't get first place. Singleness is just a different path for some. I like to compare it to how some go to college and others don't. We just have different paths God designed for each individual. Now stop for a minute and think about whether you consider singleness a positive or a negative thing. I know several women who are single. I see their hurt and how they wonder what is wrong with them that they haven't been able to meet the right person or if they are in the wrong place. And at times they don't feel like they have a place in the church and feel quite lonely. God created us for community, but it might look different in different relationships. And we can seek out the friendships with those who are single to make sure they feel connected in our church community. Ask your daughters what they think of marriage 
What did they think of singleness? Do they think they have to get married as soon as they graduate college? It is important that our girls don't make an idol out of marriage or dating relationships. So how can we help guide our girls as they wait for the path God has set for them? First, pray to God for a godly spouse for your daughter. If that is the plan God has. Pray for their dating choices to be intentional. Pray for friends who will give them healthy advice about dating. Pray that they will come and talk to you. Pray for a spouse that has a respect for God and respect for His Word. We can pray for our future son-in-law as well as his parents as they are on the journey of raising him. It is hard to imagine, but his experiences now will affect your daughter and your future grandkids if you have them. So it is important to lift them up as well. Pray for your future son-in-law that he may walk in purity of mind, heart, and body just as you would your own daughter. Another thing you can do is have your daughter think about the characteristics or qualities that she would like in a spouse. And it might seem premature, but it's important to know what qualities they're looking for. Talk about those attributes with your daughter. What is important to them? Marriage is permanent, so our girls need to be careful how they approach relationships. For instance, we don't want our daughter to compromise on whether someone is a Christian. And I have seen so many people try to convince my single friends to compromise on really big items so that then they'll be in a relationship. But in the end, most of those relationships end with heartache. Third, it is important to start talking with your middle schooler about dating standards you have for your daughter. It might be a while away, but you want to make sure they know what to expect for a relationship ahead of time. Set up standards that reflect godly wisdom. Discuss what they have for their boundaries that were taught during our Pure Beginning session. Although it can be awkward, it is important to discuss these things with your girls. Another thing to talk about your daughter about is if they feel lonely. Just because our girls have social media friends or people they talk to at school, it doesn't mean that they don't deal with loneliness. Keep an open door that your daughter can talk to you about their relationships, whether it's friendship or dating. If you feel like your daughter might not share with you, reach out to your daughter's pop girl leader or youth pastor to see if they could talk to her. Lastly, relationships are a lot of work, especially marriage. Help your daughter understand that at times we put others first. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Find creative ways to instill in your daughter putting others before themselves. Do service projects together as a family, such as acts of kindness. While dating might seem far away, it will be here before you know it. Know that we are praying for you and for your girls, just as we pray for our girls. Lord, thank you for our girls, and we pray that you will give them wisdom so that they'll make choices that will reflect you, especially in the area of dating and interacting with boys. And we pray for those boys that will come into their lives, Lord, that you will give them a pure heart, a pure mind, and a pure body. And Lord, we pray for the boy that will be our future son-in-law. And we pray that you will prepare him to be a husband and a father that will reflect you, Lord. 
And we pray for the parents of that boy that they will raise him up to know you. And we pray, Lord, that our girls would be comfortable coming to talk to us as parents so that when they have questions that they won't be afraid to ask and give us the wisdom and words to be able to answer them, Lord. And we just thank you for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.